episode 86 of This Developing Story. All right, what's up, y'all? It's B-Duggy, and we got ourselves a cadence. Twitter.com slash B-Duggy-Yo. That's where these Twitter spaces happen. I'm actually really enjoying leveraging that platform. Um, I think Twitter's got something magical there. And uh, I think you all need to be a part of that. So check it out to check out the new features over there. But not here to promote Twitter. I'm here to actually promote my guest, who is Lawrence Lockhart. Lawrence is an engineer at FedEx, uh, doing a lot of back-end services and stuff like that and maintaining stuff. Uh, we get into that. But what I wanted to get into and I mentioned as well, we didn't get actually a lot of time to talk about this in the interview, is I originally found Lawrence on TikTok, where he shared a story of how he was a MIT dropout to eventually getting the food services, literally ran kitchens, and uh, eventually found that he didn't want to do that anymore and joined a boot camp, uh, which we get into uh, joining a boot camp when you're 40 plus and what that's like. So if you are a career switcher, uh, if you're looking to get into programming, um, or if you know people who are looking to get into programming, share the story. Because uh, I think this is going to be a story that folks uh, will really resonate with, especially if you're trying to break in. But uh, without further ado, I'm going to stop talking about Lawrence and I'm going to let Lawrence talk about himself. Um, who I am is a family man and a church going guy and a person who just wants to see how I can do the best by my family possible in every way. Um, career wise, I have gone through a number of iterations um, from restaurant management to supply chain management um, and now into tech. Uh, but who I am has always been a people person as well in the sense of what I learn. I want to see who I can teach who I can share with, and I don't have to be an expert in it to share what I know now. More than likely, what I have already is enough to be beneficial to someone. Um, and so my tech career or my tech journey, which has been a whopping three years, uh, has been largely about, yes, how can I advance myself, but also who else can I pull up? So the, my first intro, like I think one of the first TikToks I saw you share was, um, um, and I was like, I was weeks late to the to your, your channel, but um you shared a video where you kind of go from start to finish of your career. Um, so let's start with the start, uh, which your college experience, which I, I find like completely fascinating. I know you go into this like a lot of details and maybe you've shared this, you've overshared this. Um, but from my understanding, you went to MIT for a bit. I did. So we, we rewind back to high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. Math, math guy, <laughs> science guy, uh, the nerdy, somewhat techy guy, all those things. Um, I went to a tiny little country high school in Mississippi, but clearly was the standout in every way that you could be the standout, including being the band nerd, because, you know, if you're the math nerd, and band nerd, those just kind of pair up together. And I interviewed with a MIT alum who was an engineer at our Army Corps of Engineers in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And um, that went really well. I think it was like fall 88. And I actually got early admission to MIT. So I was admitted at 16 and began there at the tender age of 17, 1989. Um, I went in with absolutely zero study skills, none. Like I had no, all, all of the fantastic planning and organization you see from people these days on their Instagrams. And I had none of that. I was a person who would just go pay attention and then regurgitate what I paid attention to on the tests. Well, surprise, that doesn't work in college. Like, it doesn't work at all. And if you're talking about a rigorous program, like any sort of engineering, and I think I was Mechie, uh, which is course two at MIT, mechanical engineering, 
absolutely doesn't work. And then you take a rigorous program and you look at a rigorous institution that's designed to test you even more than maybe you would find in other curriculums. All that was a recipe for failure. Um, Compounding on top of that was the fact that personality wise and my mindset, uh, I was really used to being the big fish in the little pond, uh, which totally did not serve me well in college because I went and found out you're not the smartest kid on the block. You're probably not even close. Um, So I went from big fish in the small pond to a tiny fish in an impossible ocean. Um, And that messes with you, particularly at a young age, if you haven't matured in a way to be able to handle that properly and and, and be able to place yourself amongst peers of a variety and a diverse background and say, hey, I'm here and I can contribute and I can be valuable. I didn't have any of that at the time. So the long story short was, yes, I had an opportunity at a tech career in the late 80s, early 90s and blew it. Literally blew it. I mean, just so many Fs. (laughs) There's no other way to say it. So much so, um, uh, so much so that I actually went into a depression that I did not recognize until later in my adult years um, where I couldn't I couldn't succeed in anything. I I went to a little. So I left MIT. I take it. I took an Amtrak home. I still remember that because there was a taxi ride from the campus uh, right there on Mass Ave to. to the train station and it was snowing and that was the first time like I'd ever gone 360 in a car in the snow and I'm just freaking out in the back seat because I'm already stressed about flunking out from MIT. Now this cab driver's doing donuts in the snow and of course he's just completely calm because he lives in Boston but I, I don't. I'm from Delo, Mississippi. So that was weird but yeah, it was a long train ride home and then we enrolled in like a little community college just to kind of keep myself in school. I think that was kind of around the beginning of the Gulf Wars, if I remember right. My dad was like, you better get in school. They're going to draft your blankety blank. So I enrolled in a um, community college and then I went to one state U and then like I flunked out there and then changed my major. And I was going to be I went from ME to did I go to CS? I think I went to CS and then like math. It was a five year journey of just trying, just knocking my head against the wall, trying to succeed in something that I thought I was supposed to do. Like that was the yeah. track, that was the script, but I wasn't set up for that at the moment. And I, ref- and it took me literally five years to come to a point. And actually my dad helped me come to the point of, Hey, you know, this college thing isn't working for you. Don't know why you can't seem to come up with any answers, but even if you don't do college, you have to grow and mature as a man. So it's time to get a job. <laughs> it's time to start supporting yourself. We've done what we can do. We've offered the guidance and they were most, they are and were the most fantastic parents on earth um, and ma- an amazing example. And um, I'll get more to that later. And so that's how I kind of slipped into the restaurant business. So we're now we're talking 93, 94, when I should have been graduating. I started uh, working at a little fast food joint in a tiny town, another tiny town. So much of my life is the story of tiny towns. But anyway, another tiny town called McGee, Mississippi, started working uh, in a little ice cream place called Dairy Queen down here. Um, because that's the kind of thing that happens a lot of times when you don't have marketable skills. Um, you just kind of slide into hospitality, retail, or uh, logistics uh, quite often, driving forklifts, packing, that kind of thing. And those are completely honest, honorable, good jobs. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but when you're capable of more, but you haven't developed the skills, those tend to be the places you go. And I don't know if it's just, you know, a series of not wanting to be in too much cognitive dissonance or not. But after you stay for a while, you convince yourself you love it (laughs) until you until you don't. 
And uh, and that came later for me. But yeah, since I brought up my parents, definitely have to shout out both of them because my dad is a mechanical engineer. Uh, he was actually a civil engineer with the state of Mississippi, their first licensed engineer. Um, he's, he's black history, literally black history, Lawrence Lockhart Sr., Mississippi. Um, but his story is a story of kind of figuring it out later. He graduated from San Francisco State, oh gosh, right before he moved to Mississippi. So that would have been like 79. And he was in his adult years with two kids and working two jobs and driving back and forth from from uh, Susan City, California to San Francisco and just all kind of craziness. And I literally replicated his story in way too many ways. Now, he didn't have the opportunity I had. He was like in the Air Force when he graduated from high school. But yeah. in many ways, like our stories are very, very close, like later on in life, kind of figured it out. So that's yeah, the, yeah. that's the tumultuous start. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate you going through that, too, because I want to actually uh, pitch everybody to actually click on your profile and follow you on Twitter, but also on TikTok, because you actually have some pretty good TikToks of actually explaining all the in between to Thanks. the point you learn how to code. Uh, so everybody who's here and listening, you can hear my voice, follow Lawrence on those platforms and catch the rest of the story. But I wanted to actually fast forward because at the point where I was kind of like, I remember the one TikTok I saw Danny Thompson in and mm. I'm like, oh, mm. I see Danny. So like, <laughs> I didn't realize, I didn't realize Danny did restaurants, but also learned how to code very recently as well. Um, so I'm, I'm curious of at the point you like what pointed you back and like brought you back to, uh, to learn how to code basically. Sure. So let me hit on one thing and then I'll answer that. Um, because, uh, Danny Thompson is like my road dog. He's a fellow Memphian. I'm, I'm in North Mississippi, just across the border from Memphis and he lives in Memphis. And the two of us actually went to the exact same boot camp. It's a boot camp called launch code. And we were in a small circle of people. It was like four or five of us who encouraged each other, Sometimes just got on each other's nerve, ready to punch each other in the head. But at the end of the day, we were really brothers and we pushed each other to the, go to the next level and go to the next level and try this and work on that. And so out of that circle, it's really nice to see. And I remember saying, I wish I could find it. It was a Slack message. Oh, God, so long ago. And I forgot what the circumstance was. I was like, you know, as young as you guys are and hungry as you are, I'm looking for some of you guys to like go way past what I could achieve. Because out of the group of our cohort, the boot camp, I was the first to get hired in a full-time developer position at FedEx. I actually got this job before we graduated. I was like, you guys are going to go way beyond. Like in the next five years, one of y'all is going to be like at Google or something. And lo and, <laughs> and, lo and behold, Danny yep. ends up at Google, <laughs> yep. which is which is just awesome. I love that for him. And you know, he's pretty well known on Twitter and everywhere else in the cyber world. But yeah, he's in my crew or I'm in his crew or we're in each other's crew. And we've, <laughs> we've broken bread together and played pool and a lot of them play Valorant. I'm not too much of a gamer, but yeah, we, we hang out a lot virtually okay, yeah. these, these days, but yeah, Memphis in the house. And our teacher, by the way, of the boat camp is a guy named James quick, who is also um, pretty big on Twitter. And he does a ton of courses on like Udemy and YouTube and stuff like that. Um, his platform is learn, build, teach. So let me shout out him as well. Cause he was my mentor and he still is. So James quick from Memphis. Memphis is in the house, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to shout out James as well because he's a super humble guy too as well. Because like, yep. uh, the, like the places he reaches, I'm like kind of blown away. He just hit 100,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. Yep. And um, his wife and I actually grew up in, this, uh, in the same area, in the same town as well in Florida. Oh, get out. Uh, wow. Yeah, so we connected on that. And then my brother lives in Tennessee uh, in Columbia, just south of um, Nashville. He moved up there uh, okay. for music. Okay. We got some Tennessee connection, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of connection right now, which is kind of like what blew me away because 
I didn't realize the connection of James. I met James actually earlier this year. Um, and then the connection with Danny and like this launch code. So like you launch code, you did the program. Uh, I'm curious, like what was the, um, what was the experience during the program? Like, um, did you end up quitting your job, your job at the restaurants to do it? So, okay. So let's uh, go back to your other question. Cause I never, never answered that. And then I get this one too. If I can keep them both in my head. Yeah. Um, but yes, in the restaurant world, my last restaurant job, I was working at a restaurant called Cookout, which is a burger joint out of North Carolina. Uh, I was a general manager, right? So that's the person that quote unquote runs the store. Uh, nevertheless, the general manager in Cookouts, and particularly if you're in a college town, you're required to go in on every weekend, Friday night and Saturday night, like between four and five o'clock. And you work the overnight shift, will have, which will have you getting off anywhere from four to six a.m. the next day, um, because that's when all the college kids come out to eat. Um, so, you know, 5 a.m., 3 a.m., Saturday, you know, Sunday morning after a college game, you're there um, with all of the rowdiness and everything that you would expect. We've all been there. We've been those people. And I definitely found a point in my life where I was like, I can't physically do this anymore. Like I'm doing it. The money's actually OK. I have a promise of district manager in X number of months. I'm going to have all these stores under me, but I can't physically do this. Also, do I really like this or not? And I, that was a lot of just self-inspection about the career choices I made and how they aligned with, you know, whatever talents, abilities, proclivities that I had. And there was just a huge mismatch. Like I've got to do something else. And so that began uh, the course of, of self-study. And even before that, I was just kind of tinkering with things, pulling up um, information online. Um, when I left Ole Miss, which I opened the athletic dining facility at Ole Miss, University of Mississippi. When I left there, I actually connected with a career counselor to see, hey, what can I do besides food? I'm getting kind of tired of food. I think I can do something else, but I don't know what it is. And she like had me do every test under the sun, short of the Roshark test. And lo and behold, it said, hey, you still have technical aptitude and logical reasoning skills and math aptitude. I'm like, math? I haven't cracked a math book open in 20 years. There's no way. But nevertheless, the test said you still have these skills in you somewhere. And so I'm like, all right, well, what's the conclusion? What are the job titles? And so she gives me this list. Like, here's some ones you should check out. And the first one was actuarial science. I didn't even know what actuarial science was at the moment, but I looked it up and it was deep into the insurance world. And that bored me to death. I was like, OK, that's not going to be it. Um, but I did kind of think about finance and ended up buying some courses and some books in finance and some books in management consulting and how to crack the PM consulting interview, which interestingly, I think came out before CTCI. Nevertheless, I thought about finance in that world, but I was like, no, nah, that's, that's not really me. But all the next jobs were web developer, software developer, software engineer. And my eyes just went, wow, that's where I was supposed to be like 24 years ago. You're telling me it's still possible? And I just stumbled through every imaginable free resource, lots of paid resources without a lot of direction, without a lot of guidance. She may have provided more resources than I need, needed at the time because I was just bouncing around. And that was a lesson that I came to learn that I teach people now. Like, you know, when you get a course, if it's whatever, let's say it's a 10 week course, um, do it from beginning to end. Like, don't do four weeks and then jump to another one because maybe you don't like the author or you know, whatever little reason that we come up with, because very often it's been a design in a way where you're going to get the maximum benefit when you finish the course. Like it, some things will come together towards the end of the course. And I definitely didn't know that I was just 
buying Udemy courses, which I still make TikToks about that. And then I was on Udacity, then Free Code Camp, then a little bit of YouTube, like you name it. Um, so did that for a while and finally came around to joining uh, the coding phase community, Joe Santos Garcia on YouTube. He put out some courses in front end development that were project based. Everything he does is project based. And that made a humongous difference for me uh, enough where I was able to get a semi decent portfolio together and finagle my way into my first non restaurant job. Now, at the time, I was proclaiming it like, hey, I'm in web development. I'm in tech, you know. The stars have aligned. Happy me. Uh, once I got in the position, it turned out to be heavy on the marketing side, light on the tech side. Like I was wearing all the hats. I was the got tech. It. I was the tech guy in a small marketing department. So today You're I might be working on the, the uh, blog post. Yeah, I'm, today I'm updating the blog. Well, we didn't have a blog, but yeah, today I'm updating the WordPress site. Tomorrow I'm taking pictures of products. Uh, they had me doing voiceover work for the commercials. Like you name it, I was just all over the place. And it didn't take long for me to realize my skills are not going to advance here. I need to get into something else. And that's so we're talking what we're talking summer 2017, somewhere around that area. Anyway, same time I'm having these thoughts and boot camp came to town and it's a coding boot camp. I'm like, hey, do this. We'll prepare you in six, nine months. Yada, yada, yada. You got to learn these skills, get your job ready. And I'm like, yes. And I go to sign up and they had an age cut off. I was like, no, you have to be 35. And despite my youthful appearance, I am not under 30. I'm not under 35. <laughs> That's so wild like, that they no. had an age cut off, though. Yeah. Well, they, they've changed it since then. And I think just the way they're, they they view their mission, you know, things change. But at the inception, it was a cutoff of 35. And That's I am what? I am greater than 35. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, for uh, and in the bio of this this Twitter space, I put getting your first job at tech and at age forty. Yep. Like, do you, do you want to share what your age was when you got your first job? Oh, sure. I was forty six. Forty six. I was forty six. Yep. And yeah, so um, eleven years past the age cutoff. Yeah, exactly. No hope for me. No hope for me. Um, I should put a pin on ageism because I have some things to say about that. <laughs> Um, yeah. Wow, we got so many pins. But yeah, so started that job, realized I wasn't going to really advance my tech skills that much, try to get into one boot camp, um, was denied. But then a second boot camp started advertising online. They were bringing a cohort to Memphis. They're based in St. Louis. It's a nonprofit. It's free. They're going to do a Java stack. They're going to do a Python stack. Sign up here and do these things for early admission. And I just did everything, like everything under the sun. And they're like, hey, tweet it. I tweeted it twice. Put it on Facebook. I'm like, I'm not on Facebook, but that's fine. I did everything they said, and I got early admission to that. And that was launch code. Um, like I said, again, James Quick was our teacher. And I already knew him because even in my first pseudo tech job, part of what helped me get that was the networking I did in a local meetup called Code Connector. James was a leader in Code Connector. So I already met James at the meetup. Back when I was in restaurants, I was literally driving from Oxford, Mississippi to Memphis, Tennessee, just to connect with tech folks because the local meetups in my town were only for university students. They did have one. It was like a coffee chat code thing, but it was only for university students and alumni, neither of which I was. I was just working at Ole Miss. So I was driving 90 miles one way to come to Code Connector meetups where I met um, James and Danny at the time. He was still in gas stations, to be honest. He wasn't in restaurants. He was in gas stations. He actually managed multiple gas stations, to be honest, like a huge empire. But anyway, I met both of them in the in the Code Connector meetup. So Code Connector was very influential for me. Coding phase was very influential to me. 
Uh, like I said, I met James there. He ended up becoming my teacher for Launch Code, which was really cool. Like, hey, I know this guy. So, you know, I need to ask him some questions. We have a relationship already based on the work that I've done with my body, actually putting myself out there. And that was cool. And um, towards the end, gosh, maybe two months, three months shy of the end of the boot camp, uh, the place where I was working, which was Fred's Dollar Store, y'all in the South know Fred's, they went bankrupt. Like they went totally bankrupt. It was just running to the ground. And so I'm now sitting in the land of unemployment. I'm midway through boot camp. I know like some stuff, but I don't know everything because we're not done yet. And I'm like, all right, crap. Now what? My teacher, James, he was one of the people I reached out to from a number of people about opportunities. He said he spoke to his manager and she was open to boot camp grads and future grads. I applied. He was literally across the table with a group of other people in my interview and actually was instrumental in me getting on at FedEx. So once again, the power of networking, one of those things that I always, always, always will mention, not networking like the slimy handshake business card. Hi, my name is Lawrence. Do you have a job? It's about what other humans can I meet and demonstrate mutual interest or value that that's it. And I don't think I've ever been in a like a begging stage or phase with anyone. It's about, hey, you're into tech. I'm into tech. Let's talk or let's talk JavaScript or Java or whatever. Or my current thing, which we'll I'm sure we get to later, developing other people. And you find people yeah. who have similar interests and values and you just connect and you just chat. And at some points, you'll be able to pour into them and help them out. Other points, they'll be able to help you out. Yeah, I mean, that is 100 percent on the money, too, as well, like the. Your, your network uh, is definitely what, what you could sort of step onto, especially when you when Fred's went under and uh, disappeared yes. on you while you were still working. Um, but I, I wanted to go back to the the one note you wanted to talk about, which is ageism. So like we, we discovered your age and yep. when you got your first tech job, like mm-hmm. what sort of hurdles or what maybe I mean, did you did you even get hurdles um, when trying to? I really, I really didn't. And I don't have like a whole lot to share on that outside of the fact that I think ageism is a lot more connected to the willingness you're bringing in your work environment to continue to evolve. And, you know, all of us are going to reach a point wherever career you're in, whatever you're doing, that you're just not interested anymore. You're not, you're not interested in learning the next thing or the newest thing or transitioning, you know, this, you know, dot net application to a java spring application whatever it is you reach that point um i haven't reached that point fortunately i'm still hungry and and still interested in in doing all the things but i i my personal experience outside of the silicon valley bubble is that the ageism that hits people is often more tied to that willingness than a number um yeah so you can't tell any difference between me and the 23 no 24 year old college grad who got hired the same day as i am that, that I was in terms of our willingness to to jump out into the land of unknown and, hey, I'll take on this task and I'll take on that task. And oh, we're going to start using this part of whatever technology or we're going to do this with our Jenkins file now. Cool. Let's do it. What do I learn? What, what do I need to do? Um, that willingness is it trumps your age a thousand times over. That's been my experience. Now, in other, you know, hardcore tech bubbles, maybe it's a little more intense. In fact, it probably is. Uh, but as I'm often a fan of saying, the majority of tech jobs are not in those few cities of California defined by the district that is Silicon Valley. They're everywhere. And so, you know, you find the area where you can see, don't where you can succeed. Don't let the realities or perceived realities of that bubble 
kill your process or kill you from even starting, which happens to some people. Oh, I'm this, you know, I'm 45, I'm 46, you know, I'll never make it here because ageism. No, find the place that will take you. There's plenty. Yeah, there's there's a, uh, a notion that I, I learned pretty early on in my, my dev career, which is like work on problems that are interesting, but no one else wants to work on. And oh, yeah. back in <laughs> like 2013, when I got into this, it was front end. Like at that point, it was like jQuery or nothing. Uh, everybody wanted to do jQuery. No one wanted to learn how to do CSS properly. And I I bent over backwards to learn it. Like on Fridays and like early in the morning, I'd learn like all the front end stuff, how to do all the JavaScript. And that became my end into getting like better projects to work on. Because yep. a couple years later, React came out and I, ha- I got put on a React project. And that completely changed the trajectory of my career. But with that being said too as well, I think going back to the ageism thing, um, it, it is about, about your your energy too as well because you were coming in brand new uh, with a lot of excitement. Uh, and I think it probably shown through as you were applying and you were sitting and like su- submitting those cover letters and stuff like that. I, do, I definitely think so. And even to what you were just saying in terms of the projects no one else wants. So that is all that I'm about at work uh, for the extent of the two years and a few months that I've been there. Um, particularly anything because people, you know, devs don't like doing front end stuff a lot of times. They don't like doing anything configuration based. Like if it's not just, you know, raw code, like, no, I don't want to screw around with a PCF. No, I don't. I raise my hand instantly. And to the point where we actually lost a team member who was promoted um, and had to leave our team before we were able to backfill it. He was a, was he a PM? PM Scrum Master. He was something. He was a PM type of person. And we have some projects going on with uh, our European partners that somebody needed to you know, take on in addition to their developer duties. Nobody was interested in that. You know whose hand was up. Like, I got it. I got it. That was, gosh, like October-ish 2020. And then, yeah, February 2021, largely because of that and the overall energy I bring to work uh, that was a result of my promotion. Like, you'll just jump into anything. Like, yeah, I'm just kamikaze that stuff no problem yeah yeah and like the also like even speaking towards like your your actual role at fedex like fedex is not like the uh a lot of people like hyper focus on fang companies when they get your first developer job and i think it's like i don't think it's actually necessary like if you're coming out of a college looking for internships or getting your first job like yeah sure if you're a stanford grad go ahead and like apply for google but there are, there, like you usually mentioned, there are tons of tech jobs. And the issue right now, and it's always been an issue since I've been around, is everybody wants to work at the big companies. No one wants to work at the the, the lesser known or non tech uh, tech focused forward companies. But they're all trying to pay. So, like, I met somebody who's based in Kansas City, working for Cisco, making more than I was making. Wow! Like a couple <laughs> years ago, and uh, and it's because. Cisco was it's a it's old tech basically I guess I don't know how to put it nicely, um, and they have to compete with a, a Google. Um, so like if you want to get a paycheck and you want to get a job, like I would highly recommend folks don't just limit yourself to only geo, like only regions in the Silver Silv, um and SF Bay area. Oh, for sure, and every and you know even in a big boxy type of place like FedEx, which is a logistics company, which is interesting because I actually did a brief five-year stint in supply chain in the midst of my restaurant work. Um, there was a humongous Nissan plant down in Canton, Mississippi, and I worked for one of their suppliers and learned some Kanban and lean manufacturing and JIT and things of this nature uh, as a supply chain analyst and then a warehouse manager. Um, and so some of that, I actually transfer those skills to where I am now, which I had no idea then I would be here. So that was interesting. 
But yes, it's a place where you can get your feet wet in the technology. You can learn valuable skills. And if you're interested in still going to a FANG, FANG level company, or even the tooling companies that serve them, which there's so many people sleep on the new relics and the Grafanas and, oh my God, there's so many out there um, that have great pay. You can literally still, you can literally still have a path to those places uh, from where you are. But, but for, for the audience, let me say that everything you're doing now, whether it's intake or not, it counts. All right, folks, that's Lawrence. And if you were inspired by this conversation, I please, please, please tweet this out like subscribe he mentioned to me he doesn't use twitter a lot but give him a reason to use twitter at mention him tell him how much you enjoyed this episode if we could as the tds audience please hit up every single one of these guests and just tell them how much we appreciate them sharing their stories because honestly not everybody shares their story about how they got the tech and not everybody shares a story of how they sort of failed at it multiple times and i do appreciate his openness uh so again Hit him up on TikTok, hit him up on Twitter, hit one Syrian on Twi- TikTok, I think LK Lockhart Jr. on Twitter. Uh, I'll leave that in the show notes so you, it'll be easier for you to click and link. But um, yeah, do, do us a solid and say hello and a thank you. Give us some insight. These stories are powerful and useful for anybody who's listening. So with that said, I'll see you in the next one. Cool. Are you getting uh, pinged some more for work? <laughs> yes, multiple times.